0: How can we exploit a friendship? How can we. Exploit our friendship. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> exploit our friendship. Exploit our, friendship. Or our
1: friendship. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome.
0: Wine is a double one time drive
1: for it. Whatever. This is what we do. <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy Emily. Birthday. Yay! Yay! I have a bottle of Andre and I left it in the fridge. just I have a valley a a valil. i have a bottle. I have a bottle a of bottle mum. Mum <gasps> Napa. You didn't bring that over? I'm gonna go get yeah. my Andre. One Whatever. Second. Whatever. James bought it.
0: <laughs> hey Emily. Hey Chelsea. What
1: you drinking? I'm drinking Andre. Andre with a splash of orange juice. With, yes, uh, maybe. Andre is so cute. I posted a picture of the bottles to my Instagram. Yeah. And they reached out and they're like, oh my gosh, happy birthday. What's your mailing address? We're going to send you something. Shut up, really? They sent me a little cute little koozie that is very gold and very pretty. That's so, cute. Thanks Andre, that. Thanks, Andre. Thanks, oh. Andre. Boyfriend,
0: okay. boyfriend, Andre, my college boyfriend, Andre. So I'm drinking. I'm drinking drinkin', drinkin drinkin some Mum Napa. Drinking. I'm drinking some Mum Mum Napa Brute Prestige is what it's called. Is it prestigious? It's it's yummy. It is. It is. That's what it is. It is yummy. I enjoy Sorry. it quite a
1: bit. Yep. You know I really I love enjoy it. What birthday I, presents? That too. <laughs> if we want to go ahead and stick you into that, I was going to say Andre again. Segu! So today's our, our it's, when Ish. it airs, it airs
0: two days after our actual birthday because our birthday is the 19th. Yes. It is this Tuesday. I'm turning 30. I'm turning six years younger than Chelsea. <laughs> That's right. I am turning 33 and she's turning 26. I'm turning six, six years younger than Chelsea. So we're going to open our presents. Right now, do you want to go first?
1: Since I feel like I have two, so maybe I should. Okay. You know well, what? comes over with her mask. Be the small like, one. She's like, I only got you a really tiny gift, and then she well, comes over with a big fucking box. I told you last night I made you something at the last second. I wasn't expecting it to be giant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I made one for myself, so I decided to make you one, too, but yours is fancier than mine. Okay? Oh, okay. So, Because I'm okay. fancier than you? Because you're fancier... I guess. Also, I didn't have as much material. I'm scared. Okay, open it. Open the baby one. There's a lot of paper. Surprise. I need this paper to to do your gift because I did not wrap yours. I got Got you a happy birthday bag.
1: You did. Because you don't have any. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thanks for the bag, Chelsea. I really needed some birthday bags to recycle. Actually,
0: I literally just recycled my birthday bag from James so Aww, thanks you can thanks you
1: can thank james i can thanks james you can look at this him. little cute little box it's like
0: <gasps> it's tiny yeah, i got it <laughs> and she
1: threw in stickers oh my god I put them on my new laptop cover yeah throw, with our wines and doll stickers yeah. oh my gosh thanks Chelsea. It's my tiny
0: tina you're oh, welcome Christine. that's from pen to paper studios thanks, christy's place
1: Christine. This is me. Yeah, on a on a unicorn. (laughs) Thanks, Chelsea. You're welcome. I can't wait to put the stickers onto my my computer and then put this. Want to put this on my mask? I told you it's tiny. It's T- Tiny Tina. I'm Tiny there. Tina. Oh my gosh, it's just going to be Tina and masks <laughs> and not <our> buttons. <laughs> uh, that's what these masks should be. It's a place yeah, to put our a, buttons. It's like the la- like they're the new lanyards. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, go or ahead and open. open your big one. No, you do. Let's let's start the show with me and end the show with me. Open oh, your you gift. End the show. <laughs> in the, in oh. the present show. Oh, oh. oh my God. Oh. Oh. Okay, so I have to explain this. <laughs> it's an Elsa throw. I love it's this. A, it's actually the Anna dress. It should be. Oh my, it's my God, it's the night. Harvest dress. The Harvest dress. I love the Harvest dress. <laughs> so Chelsea posted, you posted to your story this really beautiful Harvest dress. And you're like, someone get me this. And so I go and look up the Harvest dress because I didn't and know what like it was called. And it's like $600, $700. I couldn't find it because it was so expensive. And then this popped up and it's a little snuggy with the Harvest dress. It is kid. It is kid <laughs> size. It is kid size, Thank and you. I impulse bought it. <laughs> I love it. Like I can't okay. get you the real one, but I got can you. I tell you?
0: James wanted to get me the real one too. He asked yeah. me, "What of all the Princess on dresses, which ones do you, do you like the most?" I'm like the Harvest one. He's yeah. like, "Okay," so he looked it up. He's like, "I can't afford that," yeah. so I got you something else. He got me some earrings, some really pretty emerald earrings, and. Um, something
1: else, but look at that. James and I, like, I think it's funny that sometimes we're on the same wavelength. Like you we're right? both going to get her the harvest dress, but not really. But not really. <laughs> Holy shit. I so, can't wait to try it cold. on. Oh my God. It's such a teeny, teeny, tiny, teeny, box. tiny box. Cause James you got, got you. Oh, oh my God. They're cat earrings. They're cat earrings. <gasps> Oh, you
0: and James both got me earrings. I know. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: I know. So they're little, little pearls. Yeah. Kitty ears. Cute. I love them. So I have a pair of those too and they get so many compliments. And then I was like, Chelsea likes cats. I and love cats. So I asked you, I did ask you about these ones. I was like, do you have the pearls with the ears? And you're like, well, I have some pearl cat earrings. No, I don't have any pearl cat earrings. I oh. actually,
0: I have... I used to have these little round gold ones. Uh, they were rose gold that I got from the cat cafe. And then yeah. I lost the other one, so I couldn't wear it anymore. Then I got another pair of silver cat earrings that are just, like, big dangly ones. And I lost another one. <sighs> I keep losing these earrings. Don't, you can't lose those.
1: No, losing These are going those. in my jewelry box. But, yeah. yeah. They're, so, they're discreet enough that you're, like, you have to kind of be, like, wait, is that a cat? What is that? Is that a cat? <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Okay. I bet you don't have that. Open the janky one.
1: Open the janky one. It's not janky; it's just giant.
0: It's it's a little janky. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" fuck fuck?" (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Wait. Oh, wait. I know what this is. Oh my god. I made it. You made it. I was just
0: (laughs) be careful. I couldn't afford a real one, so I made it.
1: I was literally just looking at these Emily's box. (laughs) <laughs> i like that the wine the wine box looks like gasoline it is basically it is that's what we drink <laughs> and so that's me really this is yeah. the cup and then yeah you are on the ground. this a is box. literally perfect i got you a box <laughs> i love it thank you for giving me a box you're welcome it's a sound to be clear it's a soundproofing box it's a soundproofing made box. out of uh this is really clever it's made out of foam it's okay can I tell you the truth this
0: might gross you out but I promise from a couch (laughs) no it's from our bed yuck okay so this is our old mattress pad I just took extra pieces of the foam and I cut it up and I like took a box from Amazon and just opened it and just
1: it's so clever you came up with this on your own I did I would have to Pinterest this shit I'm so excited about my my soundproofing box that will eventually make it up on my table. Yay! Thanks. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! I wish we had cake. You came over, I offered you bacon at least. That's true. <laughs> hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you whining about? Oh my god! I was like, I don't even know what we do next. <laughs> uh, Ew. You're welcome. Happy hey, birthday stop. from me to what you. What am I whining about? This is so typical, Emily. Come back to me. Okay, hey, Kelsey. Hey Emily. What are you whining about?
0: I I guess it's productive wine. I have even in this virtual world right now that we're still living in, I've taken on too much work.
1: Raise your hand been personally victimized by coronavirus and too much work. Too much work. <laughs> yep. I said yes
0: to something and I'm okay with it because I enjoy storytelling, but it's I just it's another thing I said yes to. And so I am going to wear my princess on a blanket. Tomorrow night, while I tell stories, so it's a good wine. I've oh, overcommitted
1: yeah. myself. Of course. I need you all the pictures of that harvest dress on you. Absolutely. Like during, during children time. I'll get that to you 100
0: percent. Along with the pictures of the, the river otters. <laughs>
1: there we go. Also there's a sloth.: Of course, there's a sloth. I, I don't expect anything less from your preserve that you're going to. My jelly jam preserve. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> have you whined yet, Emily? I have not whined. I uh, am whining. This is so stupid. So I good. got home from Florida on Friday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I ordered groceries. Mm-hmm. And the delivery was four hours late. Uh. I to sit there and wait for it. I was very frustrated and hangry. And then I went to bed, yeah. so I watched a lot of Riverdale. <laughs> That's what I'm whining about. Oh my God, that
0: sucks. Hey, y'all, give us your listener stories. You know how you do that? You go on our Instagram and you click link tree. And then you see the thing that says link, or you see the thing that says stories, listener stories. You click on that and you, you type in your stories. Or you can email us
1: at and Dolls gmail.com did a really great job with that chelsea i didn't want to interrupt you thank you i've been paying attention (laughs) oh my gosh yes we have listener stories june listener stories are coming up soon first monday in june we need your stories specifically for this month we would like audition fails we We know you've got them we know you've got them (laughs) i know i've got them i know we've talked about them already i'm ready to hear your stories though send us your listener stories that's right we love it.
0: Are you ready for your birthday episode?
1: I'm so ready, Chelsea. What are you
0: telling me about today? So I got to tell you, when you did Freaky Friday, I was like, wow, she picked a show that would relate to me, and it's something she loves, one of her favorite shows, and I realized that I think I chose a little too soon, and I misunderstood
1: (laughs) <laughs> the prompt. <laughs> I don't think you misunderstood the prompt. It just so, happened well, that I had a thoughtful show that worked out really well. You
0: had a show that you love that actually related to me. So this is a show that I love that I I don't know if you relate to, but I wonder if anybody guessed it. What um, the clues. The clues were a rose,
1: a rose. And I said Beauty and the Beast. I think there was a chandelier or like a, a candelabra. You said and then, Beauty and the Beast. And then I thought Beauty and the Beast again. But my mom guessed it. And then I I told Chelsea that it was Beauty and the Beast because I had a, I don't actually think it's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, there was a
0: mask. There was a mask. It was, a mask. There was uh, like a masquerade mask. Masquerade. So it could,
1: couldn't Can you guess possibly what be Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> okay,
0: yes, your show that I am dedicating to you is Phantom of the Fucking Opera. Excuse me, Phantom
1: of the Opera. Phantom of the the wait, Phantom. Oh, I was fucking with P and an H. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> Let me tell you why I chose Phantom. Okay. Maybe you already know this. Phantom was the first show that I ever fell in love with. First musical I ever learned about. I was six years old. My aunt Sandra, who is now a patron member of
1: ours. Thank you very <gasps> much, Sandra. Thank
0: you, Sandra. And that's that's Dante's mom. So Sandra gave me Phantom of the Opera uh, cassette tape for all you little children out there who don't know what that is. It's like a little box that you put inside a bigger box and then it plays music like a CD. I get it. I don't get it. Oh God, some of you don't know what a CD (laughs) is too. That came out when I was in elementary school. Anyway, so (laughs) my dad had gotten me this cassette player and it had a little attached microphone and I literally, literally would go in the backyard play Phantom of the Opera and sing Christine and the prima donna and all the roles into my little cassette tape microphone thing. And it would project my voice into the backyard and I would act it out. I even took my dolls, my Barbie dolls, and I dressed them up as the different characters. And I played dolls with the Phantom of the Opera cassette tape. The 1987 cassette tape, which is the year I was born. That is the, the original
1: is so London much. cast cast. You'd I say know. Phantom. Like while well, the rest of us were like shooting our Barbies off of moving boxes, well, mine were having sex me. and then reenacting <laughs> the
0: Phantom of the Opera. That's what mine were doing. <laughs> I really did. I dressed up my Ken doll as the Phantom. I made a little mask for him, and he had a cape. I had. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you, Sandra, for giving me Phantom of the Opera, and thank you, Mom and Dad, for not being annoyed by me too much. Disowning you. Thank you for not disowning (laughs) me for singing high notes in my bedroom at a young age. And I actually didn't see Phantom of the Opera until I was in high school. You used to be able to volunteer as an usher. You might still be able to whenever theaters are reopened. But as a high schooler, I would volunteer and get free tickets, obviously, because you're ushering yeah i would just drive down there and this is one of the first shows i saw when i was an usher and it was awesome except this woman next to me kept singing and i'm like shut the fuck up
1: no this is the uh, chelsea show the chelsea show did you hear me in my backyard shut the fuck up my barbies. Yes,
0: exactly <laughs> and i thought it was a beautiful show it was a great production i don't know if you've ever seen it but it's just it's kind of epic and it came after cats so we got that oh, mess out of that. the way we got starlight <laughs> express out of the way joseph has already been written at this point Oh,
1: good. Um, I actually um, saw Phantom when I was 16. It was my 16th surprise birthday gift for my friends in Um, London.
0: Actually, that was a birthday present for me, too. Oh, my gosh. I saw it at Tuts, and then my parents took me to see it again. If you don't know this, then you should not be a musical theater major but phantom of the opera was written by andrew lloyd weber that shouldn't a be
1: musical music. theater anything
0: anything <laughs> so andrew lloyd weber wrote the. i'm being a little like classist here when it comes to musicals i apologize you can enjoy musicals and not know who wrote this shit okay so he also andrew wrote Webber, school of rock
1: he did musical, so not
0: school house rock but school of rock so andrew lloyd rubber andrew, andrew lloyd weber wrote the music Charles Hart was the lyricist, but they also had like, this is like fun fact, they had three different lyricists before Charles Hart like kind of landed on it. I know. They like, he just was like, no, I don't like it. No, don't like it. Nope. Don't like it. And then the book. You can't just say Christine twice in a row. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Christine. Angel of music,
1: what?
0: Christine. <laughs> um, and then the book is Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stillgo, which was one of the original lyricists. And he wrote some stuff, and so they kept him in the book, basically. It's like, yeah, he was a writer of the book, okay. Like, I think he wrote some of the, the lyrics to Masquerade, which is not very difficult, but cool. Whatever, it's cool. It's based on the 1910 French novel by Gaston Leroux. Leroux, Leroux. And funny enough, the the version that they were originally reading... Was not the original version. So Andrew Lloyd Webber found a secondhand original copy of the of the of the original um, Phantom of the Opera, and not like a changed up. So I think he read it actually in French, is what I'm gathering here, instead of make, in yeah. the translated English. And he, it was ins- that was the inspiration. He wrote another version of it and then threw it out, the original uh, English translated version. He's like, fuck this, and mm-hmm. threw it out, and then found this secondhand copy of it, of the original, and was like, oh, this is it. And there was some, like, key things. I don't know exactly what they were, but, like, little key things that filled
1: There's in the, the blanks monkey? for him.
0: Yeah, monkey. The monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it opened on the West End in 1986, uh, hit Broadway 1988, and the Tony Awards in 1988 Best Musical go-to... Phantom of the Opera and best actor to Michael Crawford. I was say book of Mormon. <laughs> I believe that Michael Crawford is a god. So actually oh, yeah. I do I do love Michael Crawford very much. He if you don't know who Michael Crawford is Listen to the 1987 London cast recording of Phantom. He is the Phantom. Phantom of the Opera is the longest-running show in Broadway history. I put question marks because I'm like, we've said that a lot, I feel. But I I think that... um, We've said it,
1: like, every episode.
0: (laughs) Okay, there's different, like, things that we've said, though. So, like, like Fantastics was the longest-running show ever off-Broadway or Broadway. Longest-running Broadway show is Phantom.
1: And then the longest running off-Broadway show is Avenue Q? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't remember. Something like that. <laughs> anyway. So, and this is the second
0: longest run on the West End is Phantom. Okay. This, this is the second most successful show, money-wise, next to The Lion King. Phantom is. Hal Prince was the director. He's the, the direct, original director of Evita, Cabaret, and Candide. And oh. the choreographer is Jillian Lynn, who was the choreographer for Cats. Oh, fun fact. That's not so ballet. That's so it is so ballet. It needed to be. And you know Andrew Lloyd Webber, he grew up listening to classical music. I listened to an interview with him on NPR and he's just he's fascinating to talk to. He seems to, like to, a like, chill dude. Right? Let's yeah. um, let's try to get him on our podcast. I yeah, feel like we'll he work would want to do that. So the original West End, Broadway and US tour had the Phantom as Michael Crawford. There is no other but Michael Crawford for all of that. And um, Gerard Butler played him in the movie, but we don't try to talk about that anymore. Okay. (laughs) So, sorry, Gerard, not my favorite. I enjoyed you trying. Please don't sing again. Christine on West End and on Broadway originally was Sarah Brightman, who had married. She married Andrew Lloyd Webber after. Okay, here's how they met. You ready? because I wanted to know yeah. so I looked it up. Yeah. She Sarah Brightman made her debut on the West End in Cats. Okay. And she met Andrew Lloyd Webber in Cats. When he was it was like, you know, the West End, that's where yeah. they that's where they did Cats. That's where they started Cats. So anyway, speaking of Sarah Brightman, I I used to think that's what I needed to sound like as a singer because I from age six and on, I was just like, oh, oh, I want to be Christine. I want to be Christine. And so I tried to emulate Sarah Brightman's voice. And then I get into college and I'm like, or i get getting, well, high school voice lessons. And I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to sound like that. She's definitely not singing healthily. Cool.
1: She's definitely like older than... Well, she, yeah. And she was also Jemima and Cats. Thank you for that. Looked I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. I wanted to be
0: Christine so badly. I wanted to just be Sarah Brightman. But then I... F- realize that you're not supposed to sound like that thin. And Emmy Rossum, I'm sorry, you, you tried, but people, <laughs> people people say they love Emmy Rossum. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. She was 18 when she did the role. You shouldn't be that young. I know yeah. Christine is young, but vocally as I am a trained opera singer, not trying to be classist here again, but... You need to have some training and you need your voice to have settled a little bit. So at least yeah. in your late twenties, early thirties.
1: That's why there's like thirty-five year olds playing the the young sopranos and what, the medium. They're like Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, I'm eighteen. Ha <laughs> just kidding, I'm thirty five. So yeah. right now, my voice, if I were to train more, I could get back into singing on the operatic stage and it would have been settled by now ish. Because your voice <laughs> as a female, you are still working towards settling until your are thirties. Yeah, hormones and shit. And then don't even tell me about, like, when you get pregnant. then you get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, pregnancy. That's exactly what I just said. (laughs) So, okay. So the 19, here's a fun fact. The 1987 cast recording, it's the London recording, Mm -hmm. sold 40 million copies. It is the biggest selling cast album ever. Ever. (laughs) Ever. And then my last fun fact is Sierra Boggis. Boggis? Boggis? Yeah. She's the 25th anniversary cast. Um, she was
1: considered the most perfect Christine, according to Andrew Lloyd Webber. She is Weber. the most perfect
0: Christine. She's just amazing. I, I, love, I love her so much. She's a, an amazing
1: Ariel as well. Do you want to hear a fun fact that I have about Phantom? I do. Right. Um, so I like knew the show, and so my friends bought me a ticket for my 16th birthday because I was, I was on a plane over to London when I turned 16 because oh. I was living there. And so we went downtown and we watched and we saw a family opera. But when I moved back to the States, my junior year of high school, the rights, like no one did family opera because especially high schoolers, because there was no high school. It wasn't, they weren't released rights, but they released the rights for Dunlap high school in like Peoria, Illinois area.
0: So Dunlap,
1: Has a lot of money. They were the first high school to do Family Opera. And so I saw the first high school production of Family Opera. They spent, their budget for costumes was $20,000. Can I tell you
0: how much cringing is happening on my side when you just said high school doing Phantom of the Opera?
1: High school did Family Opera and they got a moving moat, like boat, the moving motorized boat was $5,000. Costumes. Costumes were $20,000. What the fuck?
0: What the fuck? Are you ready to start? I'm so ready to start. Ta-da. Tell me about Phantom. What's Anna, What's okay. your
1: interpretation of this of this like clusterfuck that is a show? Oh my god, it is a
0: clusterfuck, isn't it? It's yeah. so gross. It's so It's just gross. <laughs> here's here's my here's my wrapped up idealistic, here's here's what Phantom is. It's a girl with daddy issues. The Phantom has daddy issues. Christine has daddy issues. Raoul Raul never talks about his daddy. We'll say but I you don't only know, but he I'm has sure daddy he has daddy issues too. So we start. We open with the prologue, and the prologue is just—it's uh, an auction happening at in 1905 in Paris, France, at the
1: Opera Populaire. Populaire. Stop, popular. Populaire. Pop. Populaire, yep. I'm gonna make a lair. <laughs> yep. So
0: they're they're hosting an auction at this the Opera Populaire of the old theatrical memorabilia, and amongst the attendees is the Vicomte Raoul de Charny. He's uh, Christine's love interest, who purchases. I mean? A paper-maché music box that has sentimental value to him, and it plays Da-da-da, Yeah, exactly. The auctioneer then presents a shattered chandelier, alluding to a connection with the strange affair of the Phantom of the Opera, a mystery never fully explained, which duh, duh. And then he, he like, takes off the, the thing on the chandelier, and then immediately, the music starts. The music starts. Thank you. And the chandelier fucking rises up above the audience. And it's so dramatic. I love this music. I love this music so much. So everybody in my first grade class, first grade y'all, knew that I loved Phantom. And my my uh, first grade teacher, she loved that I knew how to sing and that I loved to sing and that I love Phantom. So she would play this as like some of our music while we worked.
1: Oh my God. And every time this
0: song came on, I would start doing the, I would always do the drum part. That was, that was first grade Chelsea. First grade Chelsea was singing and jamming out to Phantom of the Opera, literally. And everybody looked at me when the drum part came up on this and went... Anyway, so I love this. I love the overture. It's so dramatic. It's so fucking perfect. Then we get into Act 1. It is actually separated. So Act 1. It is now 1881. We have gone back in time. (gasps) Back in time to the cast of the new production of the opera, Hannibal. This is actually... This is why... This is why I wanted to be an opera singer is because of *Phantom of the Opera*. You wanted to do *Hannibal*. No, I didn't want
1: to do *Hannibal*. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: they're rehearsing this new opera on stage, and uh, Fermin and Andre are taking over the Paris Opera House. They're introducing themselves, and there's like the music for *Hannibal*'s rehearsal, which I don't have on the 1987 track, whatever. Anyway, so *Carlotta*, which now that I'm older, I would love to play. I know who's playing her right now in South Korea. Off and on, she shares the role with a few—I uh, think another lady or a couple of ladies. But she's a beautiful Carlotta. So yeah,
1: isn't that like a thing? Because these roles are so demanding, just like an opera. Yes. They, Opera—they give you like you do everything every other day, but Phantom is every night. Not but always. It is,
0: Not well, always. Not always. With musical th- with opera. Well, okay, so yeah, with opera, you are you are trained forever. You are trained in that fuck F-A-C-H, all right? I'm not saying a dirty word. F-A-C-H. You're trained in your foc until like you, you are, you're switched, you know? Sometimes you switch. I am a bel canto spinto kind of character if i were still an opera singer which is a character role i would be playing funny characters yeah. that's just that's who i am that's what i look like that's my it's like a typing in musical theater except mm-hmm. for opera it's my type but also where my voice kind of lies i am a part. i'm a soprano but i'm not a heavy soprano and i'm not a light soprano and i'm not a high soprano i'm just kind of like here like a character role. So anyway, so Carlotta is this diva. We're introduced to this, the diva, which is the prima donna, which in Italian means first lady. And they actually literally sing that in her song later on. So the first lady on stage is the prima donna, right? she begins to perform an aria for the new managers when a backdrop inexplicably falls from the flies, barely missing her and prompting oh. anxious chorus girls to whisper, he's here, the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, he's here, the Phantom of the Opera. That's that that theme. Anyway, the man, and side note, I think I already said it, but Andrew Lloyd Weber grew up on opera. He loved Mozart. He loved listening to Mozart. So a lot of like, a lot of stuff in here is based around Mozart little operas. Magic flute. Little, little, little tragic flute happening. <laughs> magic toot. Magic toot. For all of you HBUers, viewers, bam. Anyway, oh sorry. God.
1: Inside joke. Okay. So I have to ask really quick. Fo- how do you spell Falk? F A C H. F A C H. I'm making a yes. T-shirt called It. Thank yeah, you. No, I <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. So we're not fuck. actually saying fuck, we're saying fuck. We're saying fuck.
0: Yeah. Well and yeah. it's it's got a little bit of a German <laughs> in the back. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. We're fucking it. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's your voice classification, basically, as an opera singer. Anyway, so the managers try to downplay the incident, of course, and Carlotta gets angry and insists that such things have been happening for three years, and she storms out, quitting the show. I would love to play fucking Carlotta. Fucking Carlotta. (laughs) Fucking. So Carlotta storms off, quitting the show. Madame Géry, the opera's ballet mistress, informs Firmin and André that Christine Daillet, spelled with two A's and an E and an accenté, <laughs> a chorus girl, <laughs> an orphan daughter. This is why I took French also. So you, think you, have, like, compl-
1: <laughs> you think you have a complicated name and then you're like, it's his two A's and two Christine. E's and accenté. <laughs> yes, I, I was convinced that I
0: was going to name my firstborn child Christine. I was like obsessed with this show. All right, so, but now you promised it to Heidi, so uh, if she comes it. on the show, I do love that name. So uh, Christine Dae is a chorus girl, and she's an orphaned daughter of the prominent violinist. She's been taught well. This is in quotation marks. She's been taught well and can sing Carlotta's mm-hmm. role, which honestly, Carlotta's role, if we're looking at this from an operatic standpoint, is a little bit more dramatic than Christine. Mm-hmm who is more of a light soprano. She's a dramatic soprano in the making, but she's not quite there yet. But she's really like a light soprano right now. So she is not taught well. Anyway, I'm getting into semantics. Moving on. (laughs) That shit would never fly in the opera world. We don't give a fuck. (laughs) Moving on. So they say that Christine can sing the role. Sure, why not? And that's exactly what Firmin and Andre kind of think. So they're like, okay, whatever. So Christine comes out and she sings the aria during the evening. Before, well, she comes out and kind of auditions for them. And it goes from, in this song, Think, think of Me, it goes from her audition into her performance mm-hmm. that evening. And so when the, when the orchestration picks up, at first it's just piano background. I'll play it for you a little bit.
1: Okay. Think of me. Gross. Think of me. <laughs> well,
0: that's Carlotta. Yes. And then this is in a different key.
1: Oh my God! When it is a different we key. Said
0: so that's that's the audition with a little bit of piano behind it, and then we get into with the
1: orchestration.
0: Anyway, so anyway. We- up to that
1: high B-flat. I was waiting for you to do it.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Go. So Think of Me happens, and they're like, yeah, she can go on. She's great. And in the middle of this Think of Me song, Her childhood, Christine's childhood friend, Raul, starts singing, like, from his box seat. He's watching her, and he's like, oh, my God, I know that girl. Uh, What? What? She's my friend from childhood. She was my playmate. (laughs) He's like, can it be, can it be, Christine? Bravo! And he's like, you know, clapping for her. Anyway, so she does her her big riff at the end, and he's like, wow, she's really grown up, and I want to see her. So we're backstage now after her... triumphant debut and christine wow, she's got tits and
1: she can hit a b-flat
0: she got this <laughs> christine goes backstage after everybody's like standing up and applauding for this light light soprano who's supposed to be singing this heavy dramatic role whatever anyway so she's confessing to her best friend meg this is madame Giry's daughter meg of all the names meg, meg. They we're in france Meg <laughs> not like Madeline or no. <laughs> Meg Meg and Peggy. Well it was so like Margaret, maybe. Margaret would be great. Meg Alhee. Mag- which is another op- famous opera role. It's a Faust um you know the, the Faust you know. It for faust. know. it for faust. Pocket for Faust. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, so Meg is talking to Christine and Christine is confessing that she knows her mysterious teacher. Only as the invisible angel of music. Ooh. This is where it starts to get creepy, y'all.
1: Do, 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 do. The
0: angel of music sings to Met or sings to Christine in her dreams. In your dreams, bruh. Huh. So Stand My Dreams, bruh. Stand on my dreams. So then we she's like singing this Angel of Music song.
1: Brother, That's the it's Michael Crawford. Shh. And that's Meg, Meg. Been hiding? Really little teeny tiny voice love anyway, She's a ballerina That's her role She's a
0: ballerina That's right Anyway so she's singing Angel of music Blah 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 So she's, she's talking about The angel of music To Meg her bestie So uh, Raul Pays a visit to Christine's dressing room Which is really That's, a sum, that's assuming a lot so Raul, anyway, goes backstage, visits Christine's dressing room, which we have thoughts about, and the two reminisce about the quote-unquote angel of music stories that her late father used to tell them. So apparently their fa- her father used to tell stories about the angel of music, which he's just like talking about the inspiration of music, coming to him as a violinist. He's not talking about an actual human, human dressed in all black and with a white half-face mask, which actually originally was a full- Face-covered mask, but nobody could hear him. His he was muffled. Nobody could hear him. So the costume designer went ahead and just cut the face mask in half so that his mic could sit could sit and he could project. So that's how that mic that's how that mask came into being.
1: So So he had to use a mic because it's musical theater.
0: Because it's musical theater and it's not actually opera. (laughs) You don't use mics in operas, anyway. So, Christine confides that the angel has visited her and taught her to sing the song Little Lottie, L-O-T-T-E. Raul indulges th- uh, what he assumes are fantasies and insists on taking Christine to dinner. It's like Ooh. You're just being a silly girl. Let's go to dinner. Ooh. What a jerk. I don't like Raul, honestly, a whole lot. Yeah, he's a little bit of like a presumptuous douchebag. Right. Um, I'm in your dressing room and I think your stories are kinda of silly. You you're just a little girl and I haven't seen you in forever, so I'm just gonna like But take you're you to hot dinner. now.
1: You're hot. So in like prima donna, so I guess Yeah, had
0: you been in the there. chorus, I wouldn't have noticed you. Yeah. But now that you're famous, I'm just gonna like take you to dinner. Anyway, mm-hmm. Raul. Fuck you. Growl. Maybe she should have stayed with the Phantom. Ugh. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay, so when Raul leaves to fetch his hat, Christine hears the jealous phantom's voice and entreats to him to reveal himself. And the phantom obliges by appearing as a ghostly, partially masked face in her mirror, which I remember how they did this on stage, and I was like, oh my God, it was so cool. Anyway, so he plays... Anyway, so I just love that music. (laughs) They play the mirror slash angel of music reprise, which is not in the 1987 cast recordings. It's just like a best of. So believing him to be the angel of music sent by her deceased father, Christine is irresistibly drawn through the mirror to the phantom who leads her down into the cellars of the opera house, which y'all, I went to Paris in 2016. It was crowded and dirty. But what I loved the most about Paris, all the Paris, mail from Paris. <laughs> so I actually visited the Paris Opera House, and I saw Box Five. I didn't go into Box Five, but I did see Box Five. But they were in the middle of rehearsals, so we couldn't go into Box Five. So, but I did take a tour of the Paris Opera House. It is, I cried, I cried. I'll find pictures and I'll I'll sh- I'll send you pictures. It was fucking gorgeous. Excuse my French. Fucking, fucking gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. It was just beautiful. If you get a chance to go to Paris, go to the Paris Opera House. Just the most beautiful. It's where Phantom of the Opera takes place. So, and yes, there are catacombs below and there are catacombs so within sad. Paris. I did go to the catacombs as well. It was really creepy. You didn't do any of this cool shit when I went to Paris. It was, it was twice. Oh, I did not enjoy the catacombs. I'll be completely honest with you. I felt very unwelcome there. I didn't like it because all the bones that were down in the catacombs, were rearranged to make like cute little pictures for the tourists that are walking through these are people's bones these are people's cute cute france cute france cute very cute france good for you okay so anyway the cellars of the opera house is where they're now going so then we get this phantom music this famous where the phantom explains that he's chosen christine to sing his music and serenades her that's the
1: every opera has the uh, electric guitar, right, and the drums. Yeah, box the, the kit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. In sleep, he sang to me. In dreams,
0: he okay? came. Guitar. Okay, so I'm gonna stop there. So this is why I love Phantom because it's like <laughs> opera and rock. It's a, like a rock opera. Oh my god! Which, if you didn't know, Sarah Brightman was in a rock opera movie so they go beneath she's kind of like seduced by his voice and she's following him and it's sexy and this mysterious man and this is why oh my god i love mysterious men he reveals a mirror the phantom reveals a mirror to christine that reflects an image of her in a wedding dress the figure in the mirror gestures to christine and she faints from the shock the Phantom then covers her tenderly with his cloak and puts her on his bed, on mm, a bed, and sings to her the music of the night, which I'm going to fast forward. I love Michael Crawford, but he definitely has, like, a British sound to the Phantom, and if the Phantom doesn't have, like, a British accent, I, I'm not sold anymore. <laughs> listen he's gonna float it for all of you singers out there just so you know the vowel is n-a-w no
1: not change he changed his tone he went from like this lovely like music forward tone to Nah, like he opened it. Nah. He nah. opened it,
0: but the, the jaw is dropped and it's N-A-W. Nah, like t- it no. Nah. But he like
1: sent it his nose. No,
0: he does like very tend to theater. Be, Yes, he does tend to be a little on the musical theater side because Michael Crawford is not nah. an opera singer.
1: <laughs>
0: As the Phantom is composing music at his organ, Christine awakens to the sound of the monkey music box. And that song
1: is Dee dee, dee, dee dee, clink, clink, it, clink. It's the um, I there was
0: this. um, Which you never would have heard those kinds of like that kind of tonality in eight, 1800s operatic music. Not at all. No, it that is like one hundred percent twentieth century opera right there. Overcome with curiosity, she slips behind the phantom, lifts his mask, and behold his grotesquely disfigured face. The phantom rails at her prying gesture, and Christine runs in fear. He then ruefully expresses his longing to be loved in the song Stranger Than You Dreamt It, which is later on in this song, and it's like. Oh, that's the creepiest thing I think I've ever heard. Moved by pity, Christine returns the mask to the Phantom, and he escorts her back above ground. The Phantom has escorted Christine back above ground at this point, and she gives him his mask back. Meanwhile, Joseph Bouquet, 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 the opera's chief stagehand regales the chorus girls with tales of the opera ghost because he wants to get laid. And his terrible lasso. Madame Girou arrives and warns Bouquet to exercise restraint or face the phantom's wrath. In the song called "Magical Lasso."
1: Okay, French horn. Stuck his hand way up that horn. Yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Madame Jury's like, you better watch yourself. You better watch yourself, cause the phantom's gonna come after you. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your wife cause the phantoms are coming. In the manager's office, Andre and Fermet read notes from the Phantom and are interrupted by Raoul, oh. who accuses them of sending him a note saying that he should make no attempt to see Christine again.
1: And he's like, I didn't do that. What are you We're, talking about? I didn't go in the dressing room.
0: I didn't go in the dressing room. I didn't do that. That's basically Raul. So Carlotta and Pianji then burst in demanding, you know who sent Carlotta a note warning her that, quote unquote, days at the opera popular, her days at the opera populaire are numbered... As Andre and Ferman try to calm Carlotta, Madame Jury delivers another note from the Phantom. He demands that Christine replaces Carlotta as the Countess in the new opera Il Muto. Which, can I tell you guys, any role that is named the Countess needs to be a dramatic soprano role. Or a little heavier of a soprano. Not Christine!
1: You would think the Phantom would know all this. I mean, right? He's, like, lived underground his whole life. Anyway... (laughs) At the opera house. He should know. Literally under a rock.
0: <laughs> Literally under a rock. Like, Christine would be playing spinto roles like me. Like the maid, not the Carlotta role. Anyway, that's why this is not opera. This is musical theater. For those of you who think that Phantom of the Opera is opera, it is not. Thank you. I've lost where I
1: went. Raoul's
0: probably being a bitch. They, and Raoul's Carlotta. being a bitch. Carlotta's being a bitch. Everybody's being a bitch. Everyone's and... A bitch. Uh, the note says that Box 5 has to be kept empty for the Phantom. The managers are warned that they will face a disaster beyond imagination. Shun, shun, if these demands are not met in the song notes. Firman and Andrea assure the Furious Carlotta that she will remain their star and Christine will play the page boy, which is really what she should be playing. A silent role. Although the page boy, like I can see her like singing the page boy. Anyway, so silent role in the song prima donna anyway all these different like voices are going back and forth so anyway they feel like it's
1: important to point out that's chelsea's voice and not even carlotta's voice
0: Idea what she's saying, I just used to like make the sound. This is
1: so anyway, anyway, My favorite part, Rabbit.
0: The premiere of Il Muto, which means The Mute, initially goes well until the voice of the Phantom suddenly cuts off through the performance enraged that Box 5 was not kept empty for him as he had directed. Thank you, welcome to his TED Talk. As Christine whispers that she knows the Phantom is near, Carlotta reminds her that her role is silent, calling her a little toad. The Phantom states that it is Carlotta who is the toad, and reduces the diva's voice to a frog-like croak. Uh, for men rushes to defuse the situation by announcing to the audience that Christine will take over the starring role. So Carlotta's going out on stage, and she's like... Oh,
1: it's friggin' hilarious. It's, he achieved the the frog... Was it, like, his her drink? Did he, she drink something? Yeah, he, like, he he puts, I guess, like...
0: I don't know what he puts in Gasoline. her. She, she spritzes her mouth with something. And the only thing I can think is maybe, I don't know, lemon juice or... It's milk. It's <laughs> milk. Anyway, they put, they change Christine from Page Boy into Carlotta's role yet again. And suddenly, as Christine starts to take over the starring role, and he entr- in instructs the conductor to bring the ballet forward to keep the audience entertained while Christine is, g- is getting changed. Suddenly, the corpse of Joseph Bouquet drops from the rafters, hanging from the Pujam lasso lasso that he was talking about to the chorus girls. For men, and Andre plead for calm as mayhem erupts and the phantom's sinister laugh ha, 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 is heard throughout the auditorium in the song Poor Fool slash He Makes Me Laugh. Which is like... <laughs>
1: <it's-> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's poor fool. He makes me laugh. Thinking about Mary Poppins. I Uh, love to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. In the ensuing chaos after Ilmuto, Christine escapes
0: with Raul to the roof and tells him about her subterranean encounter. They talk about her going underground and why have you, in the song, Why Have You Brought Me Here? Slash rule, I've been there. Raul is skeptical, 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 I could say we're skeptical, but promises to love and protect her. Christine reciprocates his vow with all I will of you. That song. Christine and Raoul they make out and they go back inside, unaware that the phantom has overheard their entire conversation. The heartbroken phantom angrily vows revenge before returning to the auditorium and crashing the chandelier onto the stage during the curtain call of all I ask of you. Reprise. More reaction much this is them singing about how much they love each other and I will follow you and violin plays here beautifully because daddy approves there's so much violin in this song because daddy was a violinist daddy approves of Raul but not a phantom
1: I'm so proud of that connection thank you you will curse not do. Oh, not. wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Oh wait, it. <laughs> okay, it comes to
0: Michael Crawford evil laugh. Are you ready for it? I love him so much. Wait for it. Here it is. And that's the end of act one. That
1: made me have to go to the bathroom really bad. have to pee. Okay. <laughs> and intermission. intermission. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, where did Tina go? I uh, put her in the box. Oh.
0: You ready? Act, act two. Okay. This is six months later. During a masquerade ball, the Phantom appears in costume As the Red Death. The Mask of the Red Death is a short story by American writer Edgar Allan Poe, published in 1842. The story follows Prince Prospero's attempts to avoid a dangerous plague known as the Red Death by hiding in his abbey. He, along with many other wealthy nobles, hosts a masquerade ball in seven rooms of the abbey, each decorated with a different color. In the midst of the revelry... A mysterious figure disguised as Red Death victim enters and makes his way through each of the rooms. Prospero dies after confronting the stranger whose costume, quote unquote, proves to contain nothing tangible inside. The guest also dies. The Poe story of the Red Death is known as gothic fiction, which is often analyzed as an allegory about an inevitable death. Anyway, so he dresses up like Red Death because why not? It's a masquerade ball. Have fun, right? And Andre and Firman, they're just like having fun at the party. It starts off with dear Andre, what a splendid party! Quite literally, that's what they sing. And <laughs> off to a bright new year. So My it's parties like a, are
1: often described like that. So like how splendid
0: it is! He announces that he has written an entire, and this is the Phantom, announcing that he has written an entire new opera called Don Juan Triumphant. Don Juan triumphant and demands that it be produced with Christine, who is now secretly engaged to Raoul, shh, don't tell, in the lead role. And he warns of dire consequences if his demands are not met. And as you remember, his, his, like, the dire consequences are somebody's gonna die. So that happened. Like, you take out the R and you got to die. He is like a child throwing a tantrum at this point. Not sexy and not mysterious at this point. Kind of over it, Phantom. Noticing an engagement ring on a chain around Christine's neck, the Phantom angrily pulls it from her and vanishes in a blinding flash of light. Everybody knows this song. It's masquerade. <laughs> That's Masquerade. Phantom is, you know, telling everybody they need to do what he wants them to do. As the Masquerade attendees scatter in fear, Raoul accosts Madame Jury and demands that she reveals what she knows about the Phantom. Madame Jury reluctantly explains that the Phantom is actually a brilliant scholar, magician, architect, inventor, and composer who was born with a terrifyingly deformed face and was ostracized for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make fun of people, y'all. They become mysterious murderers. Yeah. Yeah. Feared and reviled by society, he was cruelly exhibited in a cage as part of a traveling fair until he eventually escaped and disappeared. Um, He subsequently took refuge beneath the opera house, which has now become his home. Before rehearsals, Raoul plots to use the premiere of Don Juan Triumphant as a trap to capture the Phantom and put an end to his reign of terror. Carlotta falsely accuses Christine of being the mastermind, suggesting that it is all a ploy to make her the star. Christine angrily defends herself, explaining that she is the victim, uh-huh. just like everyone else. Raoul, knowing of the Phantom's obsession with his fiance, asserts that the Phantom will attend the opera's premiere and begs a reluctant Christine to help lure the Phantom into the trap. But she refuses, with the song called Notes Slash Twisted Every Way. So they're going to put Christine in this in this role that has been written for her and try to lure the phantom, trap him and get rid of him. And she's like, I don't like this. During the rehearsal for Don Juan, Pianji is unable to sing his part in the new opera. He's like the tenor, you know, causing frustration and chaos for everyone. Pianji just can't sing the role because it's too hard. The piano suddenly begins to play the piece by itself. Having been possessed by the phantom, an entire company immediately sings the proper notes in unison. How do you know to do that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Torn between her love for Raoul and awe of the phantom, Christine visits her father's grave, longing for his guidance. And the song is called Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again, which I'm sure you've all heard. It doesn't get good until the last... 40
1: seconds you were once my one the alta song okay all
0: right beautiful violin underneath swelling lines very romantic i like this part honestly I like it. The phantom appears atop the mausoleum of her father's grave, again under the guise of the angel of music in the song Wandering Child. And so she thinks, Christine thinks at this point that this is her father. Daddy issues. The weary Christine begins to succumb to the phantom's influence. She's tired, y'all. She's been learning this new role. It's hard because it's not her voice type. And she's like, I don't know where my voice teacher went. He's gone. She's tired. I get it. So she starts to fall under the Phantom's influence, but Raoul arrives to her rescue. The Phantom taunts Raoul, hurling fireballs at him. And Christine begs Raoul to leave with her. Furious, the Phantom declaim, declares war upon them both and causes flames to spring up around the mausoleum in the song Bravo Monsieur, which is like Wandering Child and Bravo Monsieur are together in one song. Oh my God, shut up. 20th century
1: opera.
0: Anyway, totally 20th century opera. Whatever, we're in France in the 1800s. With armed policemen having secured the auditorium and watching the Phantom Don Juan Triumphant premieres with Christine and Pianji singing the lead roles. And if you recall, Pianchi couldn't sing the damn part because it wasn't written for him. Guess who it was written for? Phantom. Written for the Uh, Phantom. Who is not only a genius composer, self-taught genius composer, but a self-taught teacher (laughs) and self-taught tenor and can sing, like, incredible notes, whatever. During Don Juan's and Aminta's duet, which is Christine's role, Christine comes to the sudden realization that the Phantom has son Pao replaced Pianji in the song Don Juan Triumphant slash The Point of No Return, which I got to tell y'all, The Point of No Return
1: is my favorite song. What's The Point of No Return? What is The Point? What is The Point, Chelsea?
0: Well, it doesn't matter because we're past it. Oh. It's a, it's, a, it's a tango. It's an opera tango. Right? loves this person in a way, or she's just seduced by this person, and that's why it's such a sexy song to me. It's a seduction. It's a tango. It's a tango. Mimicking Raoul's vow of devotion on the rooftop with, say you'll share with me one li- love one lifetime, the Phantom once again expresses his love for Christine and forces his ring onto her finger. Christine rips off his mask on stage in front of all these people, showing his horrifically deformed face to the shocked audience. Exposed, the Phantom hurriedly drags Christine off the stage and back to his lair. Bah, 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 bah. Pianji's body is revealed backstage and the opera house plunges into chaos. The ah. tenor is dead. Most people, honestly in opera, they're okay with the tenor dying. But the Piange, he's like, you know, he's okay. Pianji's kind of a diva, but he's all right. So they're kind of sad that Pianji is dead. An angry mob vowing vengeance for the murders of Bouquet and Pianji. I might be saying that wrong. Bouquet and Pianji search for the phantom. Madame Giry tells Raoul how to find phantom's subterranean lair and warns him to, beca- to beware of the magical lasso in the song Down Once More track down this murderers there's a lot of like combo songs in this show down in the lair, the phantom has compelled christine to don a wedding dress in a moment of epiphany she explains that she is not fearful of his physical appearance but rather his inner insides like he's a disgusting human being because he steals people and kills them yeah she
1: doesn't like his insides so his Raul, insides face match his face that's right things that she's going at
0: That's right. Raul reaches the lair and attempts to persuade the phantom to spare Christine and begs him for compassion. The phantom retorts that the world has never shown him any any compassion and ensnares Raul in the the lasso, his magic lasso. The phantom offers Christine an ultimatum. If she will stay with him, he will spare Raul. But if she refuses, Raul will die, which, like, I have a feeling Raul's going to die anyway. So like, just don't trust this person, Christine, run away. Anyway, as the Phantom and Raoul, this is in the song, The Point of No Return Reprise, which Raoul is now begging for his life. And he's like, Christine, no, run, go, get out of here. Get out, don't worry about me. Phantom, I hate you, let me go. While they sing Point of No Return, as the Phantom and Raoul both vie for Christine, she sadly asks the Phantom what life he has been, what life he has been forced to live. So, finally, huh. she tells the phantom that he is not alone and kisses him. <gasps> showing him compassion for the first time ever in his entire life. This
1: is the first kiss he's ever gotten. Yeah, well, like, Madam fuck, got him out of his situation. Compassion what? Compassion what? He's, he's been shown compassion. Right. Having experienced Long kindness
0: at last. The Phantom realizes that he cannot win Christine by force. By force. I'm fast drinking. Fuck. And what the fuck? And frees them both. Raul hurries Christine out of the lair, but she returns alone to give Phantom back his ring. Ooh, insult to injury here. She kisses him and then leaves him with another man and then comes back to give him his ring back. Oof. The phantom once again pledges his love to her as, he, as she tearfully exits the lair to rejo- rejoin Raul. As the angry search mob closes in, the devastated phantom huddles on his throne beneath his cloak. Meg is the first to reach the lair and finds no one there. She approaches the throne with curiosity and quickly pulls away the phantom's cloak, but finds only his mask. She lifts up the mask into the light and gazes at it in wonder as the curtain falls in the finale. and then he gets with meg then he gets with meg actually yeah. no he disappears into the night da, na, 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 na. so that's the phantom of the opera drunk Yay! phantom that was uh, a whirlwind of you've been talking i've been talking for 2 hours um apparently <sighs> the phantom like comes back in round 2 that Angela weber wrote which a lot of people are like, shut up, it's not that great, just don't even talk about it. And then some people are like, yeah, I love that, I love that show, you should give it a chance. Yeah, I think one of our friends, Love really Never like, Dies, yeah, that's my favorite show in the whole wide world, and I'm so glad I could share it with you, Emily.
1: I'm so thank you, Chelsea. I feel so enlightened with your love. Sorry, I keep covering my face now. I understand. I didn't, I never put together the violins, that was really clever. I just thought of that. That is yeah. the brilliance of wine. That is oh. that is from my wine brain. That was the mum. So clever. Good job, Andrew Loebweber. Let's give you Good a round of applause. Woo. Woo. Oh, my God. Happy birthday, Chelsea. Cheers. Happy birthday, Emily. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, well, you can uh, celebrate our birthday with us on our social media. Yeah. At wines and dolls. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wines and Dolls. But you can celebrate our birthday with us more exclusively on Patreon at patreon.com slash wines and dolls. And we would like to give a special thank you to our patrons. Woo! Yeah. We have some new pa- We have a new patron. new patrons. Yeah. So we have Noah. Noah. Noah and Allison. Yeah. Mama Hardy. Hey, Mama. Mama Lang. Hey, Mama Lang. Andy. Hey, Andy. And our new patron, Sandra. 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 Mama Keen. Mama Keen. So thank you so much for our patrons for supporting us. If you have a listener story, please submit them. Soon. You can
0: email us, like I said, or you can uh, go on our Instagram page, go on our Facebook page and click Linktree. We have connections to different platforms to be able to listen like um, Apple Podcast Anchor. But also if you click on listener stories, you can just type in your listener story. It's just so Just fill easy. out a really easy form, Google form. Bam. Walk we'll you
1: through how to send a story.
0: And we really want to hear your stories yes. about audition fails, like really, really, really. If you want to be included on our first of July, our first of June, sorry, our first of June show, you got to submit the story
1: like submit now. It. audition fails, audition advice, best advice you've ever gotten for an audition. Yeah. We'll take it all. We'll Every take day. it all. We'll take yeah. it all taking all now if you really enjoyed wines and dolls this episode you can actually subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to never miss an episode and please leave us a five-star review to do that you go to your platform you go down to reviews and you press five stars and then you can leave us a real review you write something out and tell us how great we are if you don't think we're great you can actually email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com and chelsea doesn't know this I released a swag store. So you can go to Zazzle.com slash wines underscore and underscore dolls underscore swag. Oh, but also like we have released
0: on our birthday on the 19th, May 19th, we released our brand new logo. So all the swag
1: has our new logo. You can get a jigsaw puzzle. You can get a wine stopper. You can get a little whiny pet bandana. There's That's so cute. many things. We'd like to thank our creator of our our new, our logo. new logo, Christy from Pen from to Paper. Pen to paper. Um, from Pen to Paper. Yes. Check her, her out on our Etsy shop or her, her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. From She's Pen to Paper. Creator of my tiny caffeinated Tina. Tina. And I'll post a picture of. And with that, I'm Chelsea and I'm, I'm Emily. thirty-three. I'm I'm Emily, and I'm six years younger than 33. And And this is (laughs) wine and dolls. Dolls. Bye. Bye.